Hey, what's up? Welcome to the AV Club podcast. My guest today is Mr. Dylan Medlin. Now, Dylan and I didn't know each other before this started. We actually met day of the podcast, which was really cool. Uh, we hit it off almost right away. Um, of course, it was chatting about coffee for the most part, and that's a lot of this podcast is about coffee. A little bit of a deeper dive into really Dylan's passion for it and all the neat avenues you can go through coffee, which most people probably just think it's, you know, the same old, same old, but it's, there's a lot to it and it's an art and it's really, it's really quite beautiful. So hope you guys enjoyed Dylan Medlin. This episode of the AV Club podcast is brought to you by Whiskey Morning Coffee. Who else, who else did you think it was going to be? Now, Whiskey Morning Coffee is my favorite coffee right now that, that that's on the market. I can't get over the fact that all their blends are phenomenal. I really had a preference at first with the Texian blend, but now this Whiskey Morning Coffee, their OG stuff is starting to really make a comeback in my rankings. So try it out. Go to their website, www.whiskeymorningcoffee.com. Hit up their social media, Whiskey Morning Coffee on Instagram and Facebook. Tell them I sent you and try the stuff out. Thanks. Ready? Ready. Cool. <clears throat> All right, Dylan, we're rolling, bro. Rolling. Thank you so much for coming and joining me. First of all, honestly, thank you for driving over here. I know it's not an easy drive. Well, it's not that hard of a drive, but it's also out of your way, out of your schedule, out of your normal routine to, to come on a show and talk to a stranger we've never met before. So thank you for that. Thank you for trusting me enough to come over here. So for sure, dude. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. This is a lot of fun. I'm pretty nervous. Um, but yeah, it was worth the drive. And yeah, so dude. So I, I mean, to break the nerves, I, I like to just tell people that I really don't have too many listeners. So there's really nothing to be nervous about. It's not like, you know, it's not like this is going to be heard by millions of people. You know, right. yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. a handful of people, maybe like your family. So yeah, if you happen to share it with them, or you know, that's about it though. But the reason I really like, so we don't know each other. Uh, I think I saw. The reason I followed you is because Adrian, a mutual friend of ours, he was on Instagram, right, and he was swiping through IG stories. Okay, He's, yeah, he was yeah. he landed on one of yours, <clears throat> and you were making coffee. And then he swiped through because Adrian doesn't even drink coffee. And I was like, whoa, 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 go back. What is that? Like I was creeping over his shoulder. probably shouldn't have been looking at his phone. <laughs> and um, he was like, oh, that's my that's my buddy Dylan. I used to, I think y'all were roommates, right? Yeah, we were roommates for three years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for a while. And so he was like, that's my buddy Dylan. I used to, used to live with him. And I was like, what is he doing? Making coffee? And he was like, yeah, dude, he's really into it. Like, like hardcore into coffee. And I was like, well, dude, send me his profile and I'm going to check it out. And so I checked it out. I followed you. And like we still didn't know each other at that point, and the rest is history, dude. I like I see your content that you put on your IG, and it made me want to start getting better at making coffee. And I'm not even kidding. Like I I like I was showing you downstairs. I got a kettle. I got a different scale. I have a brand new scale over there, and I got a bunch of coffee stuff to make coffee the right way. So. Shout out to you, bro. Oh, you're, dude, thank dude, you're, you, man. You're an inspiration to me already. I don't even know you. Shout out to Adrian. <laughs> That's cool, dude. That really means a lot. Kind of made me tear out a little bit there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's cool that you heard it from 
Adrian that, yeah, he doesn't drink a lot of coffee. So yeah. I know there's a lot of people that probably swipe and just kind of mm-hmm. skip it. But uh, that's cool, dude. It means a lot. Thank you for saying yeah. that. Yeah, that's man. Cool. That's the cool thing about it. Like, I know a lot of people do that with this podcast, too. But I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do this podcast so that everybody can stop what they're doing and listen. I do it because I really enjoy it, which is why I think seeing you do content like that is so cool because obviously not everybody likes coffee. That's just like a fact of the world, right? Like right. Not everybody's yeah. going to like it. And yeah. you make it and you put all this time and effort into it and you like you research it just so like your habit and your fulfillment can be met. Mm-hmm. And right. I love that, dude. I it, it really motivates me when they're when people are just super into one thing and they mm-hmm. dive deep into it. And so that's part of the reason what drew me there to your page. And then another reason was because I like coffee and I want to get better at making coffee. So cool, dude. Yeah, bro. That's awesome. So what got you into coffee? First of all, like we were talking a little bit downstairs, but you didn't really say what got you into it. Like you said something about uh, in 2018, you stopped Starbucks. And I don't know what that means. Like, did you work there? Yeah. So I worked at Starbucks from 2015 to actually 2019 Okay. Uh, on and off, probably three years, give or take. Yeah. Like a yeah. college job, right? Yeah. College job. Definitely. Yep. And is that what got you kind of to the dance, to the, to the coffee game? Sure. Like, did you drink it before that? Or was it like, uh, how did that happen? Yeah. So actually, I think the first time I ever had coffee, my dad, he had some, and mm-hmm. I, I, the earliest memory I have, uh, memory I have is like, I was five or six and I saw my dad getting a mug and pouring something from a coffee maker mm-hmm. and putting cream and sugar in there. I was like, dad, I was just curious. I was like, what are you drinking? And, uh, I think he gave me a little bit and I was like, that's really good. You know, I don't, it just tasted very sweet and yeah. kind of like creamy and I liked it and it was warm. And so I remember that much. And, uh, I kind of been drinking coffee ever since then. I don't think I was, I wasn't necessarily hooked on it. I would have it if I could at an early age. Um, but then I think I started to drink it a lot in high school. Uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was getting more invested in my classes and uh, studying really late in the night and uh, just needed something to keep me awake. And so started making coffee a lot more and probably got, I think I had a cup a day or several cups a day uh, yeah. in high school. And so I was kind of already into it. And so, and then I, I would go to Starbucks too, cause I, I lived in the Philippines um, during high school. Oh, what? Yeah. And uh, so I remember going to the Starbucks there and it was always a treat. Cause one, we were living on a missionary budget. Cause my parents, you know, they're, they're missionaries over there doing radio, Christian radio. And, uh, and so going to Starbucks was a treat because we just, it just was, it just was a treat. It still was even in the States. So, um, but I remember going in and seeing all the baristas, like they were doing something with like blenders and lot or espresso machines and, uh, moving really fast. And they give a cup to a customer and they'd be smiling and they say the name of the customer. I remember like watching them even taking orders. And I was like, that is awesome. Yeah. If I get it, like I never had a job in high school cause I just can't get a job over there at the time. And I remember thinking when I, when I go back to the States for college, I want to make sure I get a job somewhere I like. And uh, I like Starbucks. I think I want to work there. It looks like a lot of fun. And uh, that was kind of like where I, I've always, I've, I kind of already had been so much into coffee, but that's just kind of even how I got into the Starbucks uh-huh. a little bit. And uh, so I've been, I've been drinking coffee since, I don't know, I wouldn't say day one, but a long time a ago. A long time. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I remember drinking coffee <laughs> a little bit in high school, mainly whenever I graduated high school, though. That's when you kind of like, you do need those pick-me-ups. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, I've, of course, my parents were putting in, like, a, a ton of, like, French vanilla sweetener, right? That's the yep. one I remember the most. 
French yep. vanilla. French vanilla. And um, yeah, so throughout college, for me, that's what I drank. Was Every time I drank coffee, I was like, okay, I'll take a coffee with French vanilla creamer. Or if you don't have French vanilla creamer, give me half and half or whole milk and I'll put a bunch of sugar in it, you know? Yep. Yep. And, then, and then it got to the point to where it was like, like the health conscious side of me was like, okay, dude, you're drinking a bunch of sugar every morning when you when you drink a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And so yep. that part of me was like, okay, that's not good. And then combination of my roommate, Daniel, when we started to live together, he was like, bro, I've had coffee black before. It's not that bad. Let's, let's try it. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we started drinking it black. Of course, we didn't make it as good as it could have been made. And so it was like, Uh, like this isn't good but i think i should be drinking it it feels like it's better for me like at least mentally right and so i'm like fine and then it got to the point again where i was like okay i gotta add some creamer and then now i'm at the point where i'm like forget the cream forget the sugar i I want the full flavor of the right of the beans man like give me all like all the combinations everything without any sugar or anything added to it i want to taste all the everything all the boldness and all the fruity notes or whatever the case may be. And so from that point on, like after college is really when that started to happen for me. And so now I'm like, I don't, and it's not like a brag. It's like, you know, it's not like a brag. Who cares what you put in your coffee? But it's like, I relate it to beer a lot. I don't know if you drink beer much or whatever you, you know, however you drink, but beer is like, who likes beer when they first have a drink? Yeah. It's like horrible almost. Mm -hmm. And then like, you don't have to have like an overwhelming amount of beer to be like, okay, that's not bad. Like you have like a couple more and then you're like, okay, that's not bad. And then eventually you start to like experiment a little bit, right? You're mm-hmm. like, oh, what does this craft beer taste like? Oh, what is a IPA? And then it's it's very similar to coffee in my opinion. Yeah. Because you have to acquire the taste first before you can start to <clears throat> taste the notes and the flavors. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. I enjoy it. So. With that being said, when did you start to get into like the nooks and crannies of the coffee game, man? Sure, because, yeah. Yeah, like I know obviously working at Starbucks, there's a little bit, it's like very surface level, but like I'd say it's a little deeper than surface level because you make it different ways. And oh, yeah. You probably get customers in there all the time that are like, you know, give me like a latte, like a reverse latte behind the back, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> random coffee names. Something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so when did you start getting into like the details? Sure. Yeah. So I love that you said acquired too, because I definitely agree that drinking black coffee is an acquired thing. Um, so while I was actually working at Starbucks, um, I kind of knew there was always more to it. I think, I don't remember when exactly, but at some point while I was at Starbucks, you started, you know, if you got Instagram, you're flipping through Instagram, you started to see these lattes with like hearts or swans or something crazy, some sort of latte art. And that's when I kind of knew that there was more out there. I didn't necessarily want to do it because I was like, man, if somebody can do that, it's probably really hard. And uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed just looking at it. So just let me put whipped cream or whatever on top of it. But um, yeah, so I I knew that it was always out there. And then, um, but... Uh, let me go ahead and backtrack when I guess I started drinking black coffee because that's kind of part of it. So yeah. same as you, it was kind of a health thing. I was like, if I'm going to be having coffee every single day, I don't want to have creamer and sugar because one, you know, it doesn't even feel good on your tongue yeah. after you have it. You know, you, you have bad breath, if, especially if you don't drink enough water. And it kind of gets sticky in your mouth, like mm-hmm. like a weird like stickiness. I don't know, at least for me. Yeah, no, I agree. The weird stickiness for sure. And um, so I... I wanted to drink it black, and uh, I was actually, after one year of working at Starbucks, I went home to see my family, and they didn't have the best coffee either. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to stomach it. I'm just cold turkey and go for it. And so it kind of took a week of just drinking black coffee and kind of forcing myself to drink it. And 
I didn't really like it at first, but I eventually acquired at least a tolerance for it. And um, once I got back home and started drinking, because you get a free mark out. If you work at Starbucks, you get a free pound of coffee every week. And so, yeah. And it was really cool. I came back after a summer of being gone. A lot of people, I made some good friends there, and they bought me a French press uh, from Starbucks. And I don't think they sell it anymore, but... I just it's got like this steel body and like a wooden handle and I just remember looking at him like that is the coolest thing like I could take that camping or whatever (laughs) and just and uh, they remember me staring at it so much that when I came back they had already bought it for me and so I was like what you guys thought of me while I was gone and got me this that's so cool so yeah so I started I started taking those weekly markouts home with me and uh, I had a blade grinder and uh, was using that and grinding my coffee and had a cheap kettle from Walmart and uh, just started making fresh French press every every day, every morning um, at home. And that's kind of how I drink my coffee from 2016. I've been drinking it black since then at least. Every now and then I might throw cream or sugar in there, but it's, that's only if I really can't handle the coffee, and that's that's not very often. But um, so I was working. I started drinking black coffee in 2016, and then <clears throat> I was – I actually had just met my – my girlfriend at the time, she's now my wife, Mallory. Nice. And um, we were kind of like, we had all these big dreams about what our life could be like together. And uh, we talked very, you know, pretty much when we started dating, we talked very openly about like, okay, if we start dating, like we're probably gonna get married or engaged, right? Like that's the uh, the plan we had because um, we just thought, man, if we if we know within six months, we should know and we should get engaged and kind of go from there and, mm-hmm. you know, doing the most, you know, God honoring way possible. And um, so we did. And, uh, but while we were dating, uh, Miller's, uh, Smokehouse and Belton, they already had kind of a small coffee business, and uh, it was called Penelope Coffee. It's now called Muscovy Coffee, but it was Penelope Coffee then, and uh, they had a guy there working working there. His name was Chaz McAdams, and uh, I had eaten one time at Miller's, and they had these uh, these like pamphlets on the tables, and it showed latte art, and it said uh, latte art champion um, Chaz McAdams, and he was working there, and uh, I just thought, man. I'm working like down the road. It was like not more than a, you know, a two minute drive mm-hmm. um, from Starbucks where I was working. I was like, I'm gonna, I should transfer over here and make coffee. At least learn how to do latte art. And if he's got anything else to show me, I just want to know because um, at Starbucks it's like very quick and efficient. Just get your cup and get out the door, you know, or right. whatever I gotta do to get you know my customers, many customers in, in and then out as fast as I can. Just yep. to increase traffic, but also you know you know, to sell. Mm-hmm. And so nothing wrong with that. It's just a business model, but I kind of wanted to, uh, to do something that was more, it was willing to at least ha- put more time and energy into being intentional with what yeah. you're doing. And I like that. Um, that's kind of what I thought when I was going into it. And so I ended up working there again, everything kind of went over my head. I didn't really understand anything about anything he told me. Um, but I tried to, uh, <laughs> the biggest thing I did while I was there was work on an, uh, an espresso machine. Yeah. And, uh, if you don't remember this, it's totally okay. I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of things I say in here that, you know, people are going to probably like that goes over my head. <laughs> but, uh, if you're in a coffee, you're going to know what it is. It's a, a La Marzocco espresso machine. And I was working on one of those and, uh, basically it's got all the bells and whistles, you know, it's a legit commercial standard grade, um, espresso machine is the law the name of it is it like an, a cursive like a fine cursive writing on it or is it something else uh do you remember i don't know I th- the most time i've seen it written i don't think it is not it's cursive. like just yeah, okay yeah not cursive but okay. um yeah um so i was working on that i learned how to do basically the gist of espresso and how to steam milk and how to do a little bit of latte art. i wasn't very good at it but I had a couple good uh pours and 
Um, then Chaz even told me a little bit about doing like pour overs and there's something called an AeroPress. Um, a lot of that kind of went over my head for a while and I didn't really get more into it until like two years later out of just wanting a Christmas gift. Yeah. I got an AeroPress. And uh, when I got the AeroPress, that was 2019. Um, if you want to make good coffee and you want to make it cheap and you want to make it good every single time consistently, uh, if you don't have the money to buy an expensive grinder or an expensive kettle, if you can just get an AeroPress and good beans, that's where I would say to go because it costs like $30 for an AeroPress and you can make you can make good coffee anywhere and it's super small, super, I don't know, very whatever por- you want. Very portable, right? Very portable, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But it was kind of a rabbit hole from there. Like once I got yeah. the, the AeroPress in 2019 for Christmas, I kind of just went you know, all in and just kind of haven't looked back ever since. That's, so. that's amazing. I love that. <clears throat> so when you, when you like first started making it, of course, I'm sure it was like a little rough at the beginning, but mm-hmm. when did you start to like really nail that stuff and how, how did you learn? How did you learn how to make a cup of coffee? Like we, we just made some coffee downstairs and you're like timing it. Um, you're making sure that the water is not too hard when you pour it. You're, there's like a lot of little details that you knew down there that I had no idea you had to be aware of when making like a, a solid cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, well, if when I made my first cup that Christmas when I got the AeroPress, I don't know what it was. Everything was just perfect. The stars were aligned. Um, I had a really good bag of coffee beans that was gifted to, gifted to me uh, by Merrick Coffee and uh, the AeroPress and I don't know you know what kind of water I use I don't know what the temperature was and mm-hmm. things that I would normally care about um, but I, I made a really good cup of coffee and uh, but I noticed I started to become kind of snobby after that I was like man I want to make a good cup of coffee like <laughs> that first one I made because for whatever reason I couldn't nail it yeah um, <clears throat> and so I had a uh, I did have a ceramic burr grinder um, when I made when I use that AeroPress and uh, there's a bunch of coffee terminology here Uh, But basically, a burr grinder is better than a blade grinder. And uh, so I had that, but it was made with ceramic, not steel. So ceramic kind of wears down pretty fast. And so basically, um, it didn't last very long. The grinder wasn't very good. It was good. It was better than what I had. Um, But uh, so I had, you know, there were things, tools I was using that weren't lasting the test of time. And um, so it was kind of a hit or miss again with the drinks I was making until I got a better grinder. Right. Um, I'm not sure how much this is making sense, but I guess it's really about the beans. The beans really matter, but also the grind matters. Yeah. And then kind of your brew method. So I would say like for me, I was trying to make pour overs with a ceramic burr grinder and I would just get too many coffees grinds that were inconsistent in yeah. size. And, uh, Basically, it was the best way for me to make a coffee at that time before right. I had a nice grinder. Which yeah, of I just course. Use my AeroPress. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and that's a lot of the a lot of it is having the right tools and right. really yeah. even knowing how to use the tools. So, like for like right now in your coffee lifetime lifespan mm-hmm. and my coffee lifespan, I use an electric grinder right now. Right. right, a blade grinder is what you called it, and so me making a cup of coffee with the tools I have is still not as good as if you were to make it with the tools I have just because of you have the knowledge, right? And so the tools do matter, but it's really about knowing how to do it and knowing what you're looking for. Sure. Because like what is the difference between a burr grinder and a blade grinder? Yeah. So the biggest difference, if you can look at it visually, a blade grinder has got like two propellers, like imagine a helicopter with only two propellers um, and it just chops the beans and you're going to have Big pieces, big chunks cut, and you're also going to have super small pieces. Yeah. And you'll have everything in between, too. Now, that's fine if you're doing something like a French press 
because all that coffee is going to get wet and then you're basically going to press the coffee down with the plunger in the French press or um, the press, if you will, and then you're going to drink that and that's that's okay. Same with AeroPress. But if you're going to do a pour over and you're going to have all these different coffee grind sizes, it's all the water is going through the coffee at the same time, but the different sizes is going to change how fast the water goes through or, you know, there's some other parts of it, but that's the, that's the gist of it. Yeah. And so with a blade grinder, you've got those two propellers and a burr grinder. It's literally like a, imagine, best way to say it, would, there's a ring and then in within that ring, there's like a cone and it's moving at a consistent pace. So basically all the coffee that goes through it grinds to basically the same grind size, Yeah. which is key for like a pour over. If you've seen a Chemex on the show Friends, it's a pretty popular yeah. coffee brewer. Um, it's the one that looks like a, it looks like a scientific uh, vessel with a wooden handle on it and it's got like a little leather rope. Um, that's a Chemex and it is also a pour over, a way to do a pour over. Um, so having a burr grinder that has a consistent grind size for that is important. But also if you're doing espresso, you want to have a consistent grind size for that too. Yeah. So the, I mean, the, it's really hard to explain without, you know, having a visual for it. And also if you don't, I mean, you just gotta, you gotta kind of know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I understand. You did, you actually did a pretty good job of explaining it. I was like trying to picture as you were explaining it and you, okay. you did a pretty good job. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you have a really cool burr grinder. It's, are they all burr grinders, hand grinders? For the most no, part. no, no. So there's, a, I have an electric one at home too. Um, there's hand and electric. Yeah. 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 So what is the difference in making a French press and making something like a pour over? Like you kind of explained it, but is there sure. any, like anything else? Like the, obviously the ground size. Sure. Ground, but, there's yeah. grind size. Um, yeah, you change, you'd have a different grind size for both of these. There's also the type of filter, like a French press has a metal filter and a pour over. You can have a metal filter for a pour over, but like the one I was using was a paper filter. And that actually changes things too. If you use a metal filter, it'll allow all the oils, the natural oils in the coffee to kind of stay there. And so it actually, when you have those oils too, it gives it much more of a, uh, what's the word? It's just like you can, it's a much different mouthfeel you can feel it in your mouth oh okay and so it's kind of more like <clears throat> if you want to have an, like a a heavy mouthfeel mm -hmm. that's like good with like eggs and bacon like a like a savory breakfast yeah which is great that's fine uh if you want to have a more clear coffee without the oils in it just a lot of clarity in your cup and you can taste let's say the bag for the beans says it's got tasting notes of blueberry or something on it using a paper filter will kind of help you taste it more clearly, I guess you could say. But basically the, the gist of it is like the, the paper filter will help keep those oils out, but also those fines. So if you use a paper filter, it'll keep all the grinds from going in the actual cup when you pour it. A French press has got the metal filter. Uh, the fine grinds will actually, some of those that are grinds that are very small will still get in your final cup when you pour it. So yeah. that's a difference too, like that grittiness, if you will. That's You can taste a little bit of grit or chewiness yeah. in a French press versus you did a pour over with a paper filter, mm -hmm. you won't have that. Yeah, 100%. I, I do French press coffee. That's kind of what I've been drinking recently because it's it's the gear I have. It's the equipment I have, and so it's what I make. And <clears throat> I can definitely taste the the fine grinds in the coffee sometimes, which it's not a bad thing. It's not like, you know, it's never ruining the coffee. But some days I, I'm like, I don't really want to have to deal with the fine grinds in my coffee because if you look at the bottom when you're finished or if you try to pour it out, you'll see a lot of residue that stays at the bottom of your cup. Right, yeah. 
And exactly. Then, and then you made us some co- some coffee today um, with the pour over, and there was no like very. I don't think there was any. No, there's none. Like we're we're drinking it right now. There's no grinds at the bottom, which is just good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So let's let's get into some like bean talk, man. Let's get into some beans. Bean talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, you should start a, you should start something about that. Dude, by the way, this is like a sidetrack. <laughs> I told you this on IG, but you should really start a YouTube channel, man. Thanks, man. I, I honestly, I would love to. It's like I have. That's part of the reason why I got the camera. Like you've got an A7 um, Sony. Yeah. Um, I've got an A6, and uh, the one of the reasons I got it is because you have the ability to do like 4K and. There's a lot of things for camera stuff that I don't understand, so right. I'm not going to get into it, right? Because I haven't jumped down that rabbit hole enough. But if I had the ability to make videos, I so would. I used I have a YouTube. I'm very embarrassed to share this, but I'll go ahead and share it. Um, there are some very old videos on the YouTube archive that you can still find. Um, the name I made uh, for the YouTube is kind of stupid, but I got it from a mouse pad. I don't even remember what the meaning was, but I ended up calling my uh, my YouTube Splint like splinter but without the er and then crackers <laughs> like crackers but as at the end and so splint crackers uh it was kind of like a fun thing i made where we were i started making like you know shooting videos yeah. with my friends and it was like but not like we weren't shooting real guns we were shooting fake guns like adding in sounds and like the the muzzle flare oh, and all this fun funny. stuff and like killing each other kind of thing and that was really big i used to like watch videos like that on youtube all the time so that's still on there you can find that but i would totally make youtube videos again if i could it's just i don't have I don't have a computer that can handle the kind of. I should have. Stuff. I should have told you to bring your your camera because that's what we do here. That's like all everybody in this house that lives here does videography, um, and then a, some level of photography. Yeah. So we could have for sure helped you. You know how to do. You, that's awesome. You take good photos though. I've seen your photos. Oh, thanks, man. Your IG is good. Like it's good quality. You. Do you edit them? Like I'm sure you do. Like, yeah. So yeah. everybody uses, from what I understand, they use a what is it called? Lightroom. Lightroom. Yeah. I. I haven't gotten into Lightroom yet. I'm still using Visco, so <laughs> I use Visco to edit all my images. And yeah, they're in they're in raw file, and uh, which is I think the best for editing. I'm yeah. just kind of learning this now. Your too. colors I, and stuff. I used to not use raw file even with the camera I have, and I started using it like in the past two months. I'm like, this is a game changer. Yeah, like, everything is better. Yeah, you you really have more to work with in terms of like your your um, colors and all the details. Right. It, yeah. it it collects more of the data from the image, and so you're mm-hmm. able to manipulate more of the data instead of with the JPEG, it, it kind of finalizes a yeah. lot of it. And so you can't man- manipulate it the way you would like to, or the way you potentially could with raw. But yeah, dude, I would really like, I would love to like, I mean, of course we can do this sometime, like not, doesn't have to be off or no cameras or mics or anything, but love to help you out with that. Because I think I love when, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I love it when people are super committed and like, mm-hmm. To, to something they love, right? regardless of if they're getting paid for it or if they're just madly in love with the science behind it or the, the process, you know? Yeah. And so I think your your Instagram content alone is really good. And at the end of this, I like to shout out Instagrams and I'll tag it in everything I do. And because um, I think people should check it out, especially if you're thinking about getting into coffee or if you're into coffee already, but just not that deep. And it's really not that hard. It's just time. Yep. And uh, like a little bit of care, like you do, mm-hmm. you do have to take your time and put some some care into like how you pour, yeah. how you grind your stuff. But I think the YouTube is super valuable for you, man. And like, it just it'll give you a creative outlet besides the coffee, because coffee I'd I'd say is a creative endeavor, and oh, it's, yeah. it's an art. There's an art to making a good solid cup of, of coffee. And um, dude, I want to help you with that. I want to help dude, you. Dude, I, I appreciate can. it. And yeah. Thanks for those kind words you said. Yeah, yeah bro. 
I agree too with the whole passion thing, like watching people do things that they're into. Like, yeah. I might not be into it at all, and that's that's cool. But if you're into it and you do a good job, like curating it yeah. and displaying it and presenting it, that makes it even for me as an outsider, just want to know and like want to kind of like. If I don't like it for what it is, I'll at least partake of it because I like you and yeah. I like how you present it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> and it's like you never really know, like, unless you try. And I know a lot of people that drink coffee, just Starbucks, which is there's nothing wrong with it. And they have coffee pots or Keurigs at their house. But it's just taking that next step, even if it's like a still a surface level next step, like if you get a French press, just the level difference between like a Keurig K cup and then the French press is incredible like if you just put the time and effort to take that one more step you could have a more pleasurable and in like a cup of coffee every single day you know it's like just putting in the little tiny effort but but dude let's get into the beans like i got off track a little bit but it's okay okay um, <laughs> no worries dude dude I, I love it man i just i i really am motivated by people's efforts and people's passions. yeah and it pumps me up and i don't even know much about coffee or the like the process but obviously i have these homeboys from back home the whiskey morning coffee boys they just like sponsored the, the podcast. Yeah, and that's pretty cool though. It's, that's pretty cool too. It, it gives me an opportunity to to be creative and get deep deeper into the coffee game so that I can learn how to make a cup of coffee that maybe my girlfriend will like who doesn't like coffee, you know? <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get her in it. Do you, does your wife like coffee? Yeah, so actually, that, I'm glad you said that because when I, she doesn't always like black coffee yeah. and um, I don't know where it was or when it happened, it kind of just, I should have I should have wrote down somewhere just with the date, but uh, she hasn't always been a fan of black coffee. She she used to love like getting an iced coffee venti mm-hmm. with um, light ice, I think light coconut milk and two pumps of vanilla. So that was her drink, go to drink. When we when, like when we met, basically I was working drive through and I met her because she came through. We'd already met, we were acquaintances, but we were both home for the summer. And that's kind of like where we started dating. Yeah, and I remembered her drink and. I got that. really nervous too, yeah. like the first time she came through. But uh, anyways, <laughs> like I, I don't know, somehow in there, I kind of got her to kind of segue into enjoying black coffee. She's still, I mean, she uh, uh, she won't have it all the time. Mm-hmm. It kind of irritates her stomach a little bit, but um, she does like having like a, a latte, yeah. which I we make those at home too now. And so I kind of, but it's kind of like she's had so many different, like these other bags of beans or different roast levels or um, that it's kind of like she's kind of, done having Starbucks all the time. She'll have a cold brew still, mm-hmm. but uh, I've got her into the other stuff. And so she'll drink a little bit. She won't always have the black coffee. She'll definitely have a latte, um, but she she will enjoy it much more now than yeah. she used to. Sometimes she'll be like, I just want black coffee. And I'm like, yeah. all right, perfect. I'll make some for you and me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool when you can enjoy that. And really when you can make a cup of coffee for that person you love yes, or for yeah. like a friend or whatever, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. That's um. So let's talk about beans. So I haven't known, I don't know much about beans. I obviously know that there's dark roast and there's a spectrum like dark, light, a little bit in the in the middle. Um, but what's the difference between a darker roast and a lighter roast? Yeah, good question. So basically the difference is when you buy a bean, they're mm-hmm. green, um, they're green beans. Um, and so when you start the roasting process, light just means they were roasted much lighter, you know, and a dark roast, the gist of it is basically it's a lot more developed. It's been roasted for longer. Yeah. And uh, one of the big differences with that, um, besides you can kind of see it visually, and if it's really dark roasted, you can kind of see like a little shimmer. Um, that's just kind of like the natural oils coming out of the coffee. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. It just, you just visually, you can kind of tell it's a little bit darker. And um, with that being said, uh, the more developed it is or the darker it is, um, the more the coffee is easy to kind of break up. 
or it's more it's more easily ready to decay if you will so it'll it won't be as fresh peak freshness which is not bad if it's past this but uh, it won't be as peak fresh as long as a light roast would be right um and in fact some light roasts uh they'll suggest that you don't drink it except for like maybe a couple weeks to months after the roast just because it'll be a peak time that it's fresh after the roast Uh, but with a dark roast especially like they usually say with the specialty coffee you shouldn't drink a coffee uh, if it's longer than two weeks off the roast, which that's kind of subjective. Yeah. Um, but the main difference with light and dark roast is that the darker it's roasted, the more easily ready it's able to decay. Um, and there's some other caveats to that too, but um, that's that's the gist of it. That's yeah. the gist, yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I don't understand the like how they... For example, you see a lot of bags that say like, okay, this is a dark roast and it has... Um, like a cocoa type of taste, or like okay. a like a darker kind of yeah, not fruity taste. Sure, you know what I mean. How do they do that? Do you know? Yeah. So there's there's partly the roast. Uh, usually, the darker you roast it, the more you can say earthy or chocolatey yeah. the tasting notes will be. And tasting notes are just kind of like a. It's not like you can like it doesn't. It's not like one to one where it's like I if it says dark chocolate, I taste dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's like you can kind of get a hint of it mm-hmm. if you're really good. In uh, like wine or the coffee world, they'll say palate. If your palate's oh, yeah, yeah. you know been trained, you can begin to taste other things. And you usually taste things if you've tasted them before. It's like a memory. So people will say things like in the coffee world, this tastes like or this reminds me of. And so uh, with like dark chocolate, with what you're saying, um, or fruity notes, or not getting fruity notes. I like how do you know which roast is that like. You know, is that corresponding to the roast level? Sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes it is roast. You know, like the, if it's dark roast, it's definitely gonna taste a lot more earthy or chocolatey most of the times, or nutty, medium nutty. roast too. Yeah. Nutty, yeah. Um, they'll even say sometimes like what kind of nut, like an almond or whatever. Um, so mm. medium roast too usually is like you'll see more like milk chocolate or like graham or something like that or vanilla nougat. Or yeah, I don't even know how to say nougat right, but yeah, <laughs> vanilla nougat. And uh, lighter roast, you'll usually see. Now, the lighter roast it is, too, like, it's kind of, you'll see sometimes a lot more, like, uh, fruity things, like, uh, I don't try to think, like, blueberries or strawberries, or you might see, like, tea, green tea, or uh, I just got a coffee today or yesterday in the mail, and it says Jolly Rancher. So, it can be really subjective. It's really whatever you kind of remember, and they, the way they come up with these tasting notes, too, they try all these coffees after they roast them. Um, through a process of cupping. It's really similar to a French press, the one I showed you, uh, the video I sent you, where they kind of very coarse grind coffee, a lot of hot water in a cup, and they, after like eight minutes of it steeping, um, they try it with a spoon, and they call it cupping. And they just that's where they kind of come up with the tasting notes, and they kind of write down, and that's where they, they have a huge team. Or I don't know, they don't have need to have a huge team, but whoever's there to kind of write the tasting notes, they all kind of come together and like share notes and stuff like that. And so uh, totally subjective too. Like if you don't taste the tasting notes that you see on a bag, there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe you just taste something totally different. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but um, so yeah, roasting level has a little bit of influence on the tasting notes you see on a bag and what you taste. But sometimes it's also where the bean came from. Yeah. You get a coffee from Ethiopia it might taste a lot more fruity than a coffee from Colombia or Guatemala, which yeah. sometimes, majority of the time, uh, when I when I buy the bags, and this is just off my personal you know experience, it's a lot more chocolatey. Yeah. But sometimes too, I have had some fruitier coffees from Guatemala or Colombia, and it's that's also, and I've also had like more chocolatey coffees from Ethiopia. It's just 
the majority of Ethiopians are going to be more fruity. So if you hear Ethiopia from anyone, majority of the time it's going to be really fruity. Yeah. Um, but the, what what goes into kind of that um, differentiation or whatever or variation is just sometimes it's the type of bean. There's different types of beans, and there's also a different type of process, which is these are all rabbit holes. These are yeah. But you can easily get it. If you're in the coffee world, it makes sense. If you're not, like then yeah, it's a rabbit hole. And so basically. Yeah, there's just there's a lot that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, personally for you, what is your favorite kind of roast? Like does it Yeah. Uh, I know like <clears throat> we were talking earlier, you said it doesn't really matter, but like everybody has a preference. What, sure. what would you say your preference is? I I always am super eager to try fruity coffees. Um lighter roasts is definitely I think cuz I think lighter roasts are just they've got they've got some of the most unique tasting notes or, you know, just whatever. They just, they just taste so good and you're so unique. And then so I'm always eager to try that, but I also think if I hadn't had to one type of have one type of coffee for the rest of my life and uh, no say in it, I'd probably want something in the medium, medium light medium roast where it's got those more chocolatey and uh, creamy tasting notes to it, where it's just like oh. a smooth, creamy, chocolatey cup. It's like that's pretty good too. So yeah. I don't know, it's kind of hard to say between the two, but that's kind of I guess that's kind of like my ballpark area. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I've Really, I think for the majority of people out there, a darker roast is what they've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, <clears throat> is it true that the darker you roast it, the less caffeine is in it and vice versa? I think a little bit. A little bit. Um, I'm not an expert on this right. topic, but I think so. And I say that because I've heard different people say different things. Um, I've heard that the longer you roast a coffee, um, and I may be totally not saying the truth this might be total coffee blasphemy but um <laughs> i've heard yeah the longer you, <laughs> i've heard the longer that you roast it um the more of the uh whatever the caffeine is um it does get released that may be true um there's also another company out there if you're into dark roast called death wish coffee i don't know if you've heard of them death wish yeah no, they, they've got a uh, i don't know if it's patent pending or if it's patented but they've got a a roasting process where they uh they've got the darkest coffee with the highest levels of caffeine that's at least what they they promote it as and so that being said that kind of just you know adds to the death argument wish. that you know the dark you roast coffee the right. less caffeine's in it right but death wish can apparently do it pretty well is death wish an austin <clears throat> brand now they're they're like a i don't know where they're from but they're not austin they're 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 all over the place how'd you find them there's actually a, i'm from uh belton temple texas they're like kissing cousins of towns and uh there's a mall in Temple that I went to with my dad one time, and there's a coffee shop in there, and they sell Death Wish. They sell so, Death Wish. Yeah, that's where I had it. I saw – I got an ad on my Instagram, and it was like something with the skull as their label. Yeah, is, yeah. Is that Death Wish? Yeah, that's Death Wish. Okay, then yeah. It might have been – there's a couple with that. It, there's another one called Bones, but if it's just a, like a – I think it's the skull with the crossbones. It's around a, It's got a circle and a red circle around that. and so Maybe something like that. Yeah, that's cool though. Do you have a do you have a preferred brand that you like to stick with or like you Sure, a roaster. Yeah, yeah, there's a few that I like a lot um actually. But if we're talking Texas, I actually <laughs> there was there's like so many different people on Instagram who talk about coffee or they're coffee influencers and right. I follow a few and one of them um, coffee influencers. That's pretty cool. Dude. Yeah, there's yeah, it's pretty cool. Um one of them, there are so many of them are in Canada. I do not know why. Yeah, a lot of influencers are in Canada, dude. Yeah. Like, maybe they just know how to do it. I don't know. That's it's, they're crushing it. They are crushing <laughs> it. I hate to say it, but yeah. And I, I don't know. Maybe it has some of the cold temperature where they just drink more coffee. But there's a guy out there whose name on Instagram is um, Brew. Uh, shoot, I don't know if it's Brew Coffee Better or Brew Better Coffee. I think it's Brew 
I think it's brew coffee better. Uh, but he had a he had a a, a poll where he's like. It's anonymous. Where you can like say what co- if you only have one coffee for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I answered Merritt. They're here in Texas. They're starting in San Antonio, uh, and they've got a couple locations in Austin and Dallas. And I just love everything they make. You know, it's mainly a lighter roast, um, but everything I've had there is super good. Um, I mean, the first coffee I had in specialty coffee really that I had that I made for myself was Merritt, and so it's just it's just so good. And there's yeah. also uh, Onyx in Arkansas, which is just like. I've heard of them. They're super well known. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That the Onyx Coffee. I actually the reason I know of them is from Andy Minio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a collab right now with he them. Just, he just released a collab with them. Andy Minio is a Christian artist, like a like a a Christian rapper. Yeah, I would Christian say, rapper. Right. Yeah, yeah. He I think it's called Happy Sips. Yeah, is the name of the coffee. Happy Sips. It looks cool because his yeah. brand is pretty dope. And yeah, and um, yeah, that's cool. You have to try that one. I'll yeah. have to try it too. That'd be a cool one to try. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I tried to. I don't, do you know Propaganda? He's yes, another rapper. Yes, yes, He yes. had a coffee about. I don't know if it was like half a year ago to a year ago. I think it was half a year ago, and it was called. Uh, he did another collab with Onyx, and he's kind of been collabing with them for a little while now. Um, Propaganda, another Christian rapper, super into coffee, and uh, the coffee he had with him was called Terraform. Okay. And uh, I can't remember all the tasting notes. I still got the box at home because they have all their Onyx coffee comes in these cool little boxes. They're like I don't keep every coffee bag, but. I, those are the cool ones. Just the cool ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, that was good coffee too, yeah. So what what would it take for you to make your own coffee? Like you to roast your own coffee or at least collab with somebody? Would you ever consider doing that? Have you ever thought of it? Or Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely like I'm always telling Mallory, my wife, that I want to have a coffee business of some sort. And I don't care if it's roasting. I don't care if it's me being a barista. Like I just... Like if I had a craft, that's that's what I want it to be. Like I now, you know, I'll be responsible if it doesn't look like a financially um, good idea for us. And like, yeah, I won't do it. But like, if I could, I would. And um, or if I could even do like a side job or side hustle or whatever, I would. Um, but uh, as far as roasting goes, we've talked about it. And um, like, if I we could do it at home, small start small. But uh, we haven't done it anytime soon. So, but basically, if you were gonna start roasting your own coffee, totally awesome thing you should. Um, probably do some research first and figure out how you should do it. There's you can do it in a popcorn popper, but you when you plug into a wall, the electric popcorn, you can totally do it in a little. Uh, wow. Yeah, one of those things, and then you can also do it in the oven. I don't know anybody who's been super successful with it except for the guy uh, who's pretty popular for starting his own coffee company by roasting his own. Co- I don't know if you ever heard of Blue Bottle Coffee. Mm-mm. They're he got really good. Basically, he took a huge uh, financial venture into coffee. He started roasting coffee in his oven and started selling them at farmer's markets. And then eventually he got to the point where there were just lines at farmer's markets and he was selling out. Wow. And he realized, I need to make a business out of this. And uh, I don't know. I don't remember the whole story, but you can look it up on YouTube. Just blue bottle coffee. And then he's pretty popular. Mm. Uh, and he basically took out $15,000 in loans, everything. He used to be a mu- musician for like an uh, orchestra. Um, stopped doing that. And uh, went to debt to start his own blue bottle coffee company, and now they're like they're on the east and west coast of the United States, but they're also in Asia. They're international, and they're wow. like a multi-million. I don't remember how much, but Good it's a lot. Him, they're man. a big company. Yeah, yeah, I know. So when you think of coffee, <laughs> it's hard to think of money coming with that, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like off the top, right? It doesn't seem like a something that could make a lot of money, right? But when you look at companies like Black Rifle Coffee. They, I think, my numbers could be wrong too because I heard this a while back, but I think they're like a, I, they just hit like $300 million like as a coffee company, as like their their value, their worth. Um, and I was like, how? 
but their market is huge and they advertise to a very specific demographic. It's like you've seen their labels. And oh, stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. They have guns all over it. I think yeah. a lot of their bags or a lot of their different um, coffee blends are like named yeah. after like like the M15 or like, I don't know right. if that's a gun. Is that a gun? No, that's not a gun. That's like the M. I don't know. It I might be a gun. I, I don't play, know either. I play Call of Duty. Those are the only guns I know. <laughs> yeah, but that's the demographics very specific for them. So it's like makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of like patriots out there that yep. want to represent right. America. Yeah. But um, dude, you just got to find a niche. But also, I feel like it honestly, no joke, if you were to start roasting uh, your own beans, and you found like a blend you liked, I would like I would like pay for a bag to see like oh, what it was sweet, about. Oh, sweet dude! Like, thank you. Yeah, I Appreciate I that. trust your coffee opinion like a hundred percent, and that's cool. We don't even know each other really, and like I don't know, dude. Your your content's legit. That's why I want people thank to you. see it. That's why I like. That's one of the reasons why I actually come on the show. You're also a super nice guy, and like oh, dude. I heard nothing Thanks, but good man. stuff about you. But you're nice too. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. But man, like I would love for that. I would love for you to make your own coffee, dude. Sure. And I'm sure you would love to as well. I would. Yeah, I would totally love to. And yeah. on that note too, I have a friend right now um, who just sent me a couple. He's roasting his own coffee too. And oh, he's that's cool. He works at Starbucks too. And uh, it's he wants to have his own coffee business, I think. And uh, But he's way deeper into specialty coffee. I think Starbucks is just like that's his you know, way to make ends meet right now sort of thing. And uh, But he's got a roaster at home. He's been roasting coffee. He's been buying green beans from like pretty well-renowned like green bean um you know farmers if you will i guess and uh so he actually just sent me like three different samples of coffees that he roasted himself he's actually sent them out to like 10 different people uh who all kind of like post coffee content on instagram and uh, his name is 16 to 1 ratio and uh ian is his name his name real cool guy i'm excited to try his coffees but basically it's really cool on the coffee instagram or the coffee community on instagram there's just people that always like reach out or like you know like it's really cool to have an opportunity to like kind of like taste coffees from another guy who's super into it and mm-hmm. he's roasting his own and i get he wants you know for me to kind of like taste it brew it and uh give my thoughts on it and because he's kind of wanting to start a business with it too so but anyways yeah yeah that's awesome man. threw that tidbit in there I, th- I think you should do it i think <laughs> you should at least do it for yourself like just to see if you're about it who knows what could happen you know it'll be freaking awesome uh dude so just going back a little bit you, you did you grow up in the philippines yeah great question no so i actually i was born in north carolina okay. and uh my dad was in the army so we moved around and eventually when he got out it's like five moved to arizona i lived there for like 12 years so basically till i was 15 um so no I guess I was three when we got there, but I, we lived there till I was 15. Uh, so 12 years in Arizona and my dad was doing Christian radio in Arizona, same, same radio for 12 years. Um, was super like well known in our community. And then my mom's Filipino and she was actually adopted. Um, and she was adopted by another Christian missionary. And so she lived in the Philippines and I think a little bit in Ecuador and, uh, her mom was a Christian teacher, uh, or, uh, she taught, in a, a, a school where they taught Christian missionary kids so okay. for the, the kids of the missionaries out there. And so my mom and dad met in high school in North Carolina, started dating. And my dad, I think, said at one point, I'd love to do missions with you, you know, sort of thing, because they were always spending time with these mission communities. Um, That's cool. And, uh, yeah. And then um, so basically it wasn't until I was 15 um, that we pretty much made the jump, you know, in you know, in good faith to kind of go over there, and you know, my dad started doing Christian radio over there, and so I only lived there for like three years in the Philippines, um, 
You say yeah. only three years, like that's not a long time. That's a long time, man. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're 15, you know, like you're yeah. growing up, you probably just made friends. Yeah. What what year is that? Like, is that middle school, high school almost? No, that, that was uh, just after freshman year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man, that's huge. It was it was definitely tough. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because not everyone, sometimes I talk to people and I they're like, you grew up in the Philippines your whole life, right? They just kind of assume that. Right. Like, no, I just lived there from like, you know, three years of high school. I'm like, oh, that's not that long. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, you're hardly there. I was like, and in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, no, I was kind of tough, but, you know, but like, right. whatever. I kind of get how you can kind of see it that way. But it's cool you say that. Yeah. It was a yeah. definitely a hard time to it's, go. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Like, I, I couldn't imagine, like, I didn't move at all when I was growing up. We moved whenever I was two to Granbury, Texas. And then, I mean, I lived there for the rest of my life, like, you know, all the way up to college. And so having these friends that I've made from, you know, five years old, six years old, all the way to 15, and then having to just move, that's... How was that? How was living there during that oh, age? Man, um, it was... I'll say this. I think it was exactly how God wanted it to be. I yeah. mean, I think for me, I was throwing a fit about it immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I remember the first night we got there after having like a, I don't know how long we traveled. We had definitely had like a 14 hour layover in Singapore, oh, geez. which is like after already like 12 hours of flying. And then it's like another <laughs> two, three, I don't know how many hours, but like another, at least two to four hours to get to the Philippines from Singapore. So it's a long traveling time. When we got there, it was like nighttime and I had never smelled so much like smog and pollution in the air because it's a it's a very dense country. It's like I think it was like fifteen thousand people per square mile, so it's like dense. Um, lots of people, and so I just remember getting there. It was nighttime. It was crammed. Everyone's short, so I was like yeah. all of a sudden like kind of average height already in the United States. When getting there, I was like taller than everyone in high school. I'm like. You know, so it was just a lot. It was a lot of culture shock. And uh, the first night I hated it, I remember looking at some random picture on the wall and thinking, I don't know what it was. I didn't really read my Bible a whole lot either, but I just imagined, okay, God, that's a, some sort of Bible story. And I, okay, God, you just want me here for some sort of reason. Yeah. Kind of conclusion I jumped to. And uh, yeah, it was tough at first. I remember like I kind of did some like petty stuff. Like one time there was a shoebox underneath the bed and I was kind of like, I was on Instagram already at this time too, but I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't like, I was just kind of posting as like, to post it was just like with friends and stuff and just that. yeah like, like you do yeah. when you're young and, and I, I get you i was a little dramatic i took a, a permanent marker on a box and wrote take me back or something dramatic like I, or i'm sad or i'm dep- i don't know and i posted on instagram and i was like that's just, that's how i felt you know i eventually deleted it because i remember, i remember, i realized how kind of silly that was but um i had a really cool um person a mentor uh that i had early on there and uh he kind of helped me begin reading my bible and uh, praying and I started journaling every day and uh, basically just kind of begin to really take account for like what God is actually doing in my life in the yeah. moment, even when I don't like it and uh, kind of like finding ways to put that with my faith into practice. And so uh, that being said, uh, it was honestly some of the best years of my life in terms of just like what I felt like God was doing and how much he was growing me and teaching me and, you know, just also my, like my outlook on life and regard to like how am I supposed to love my neighbor and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis and so uh, that really changed things and um, you know having I guess a bigger um, perspective on just the world too I wasn't just in the United States and focused on like okay my Nike shoes I was like okay now it's about like the guy next door he doesn't even have a roof over his head really like how do I like is there something I'm supposed to do for him you know having those thoughts at least go through your head and like just yeah it just changed things. It changed everything. That's so. uh, I can't even imagine, man. That's amazing. So you moved back your junior year of high school or was it senior year of high school? 
after my senior year of high school. I was there through high school and I came back for college. Okay. I came to Texas for college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man, that's amazing. You didn't get any coffee there? Like, did you, I guess you, yeah. you, you might kind of mentioned that, but you didn't yeah. like, that's crazy, dude. So how do you, how do you? Yeah, I know, it's a lot. That's a lot, that's so <laughs> yeah. cool though, man. Like, I'm kind of stumped. That's There's a lot cool. of ways to kind of unpack it. I try to kind of, you know, whether, I don't know, I try to keep it pretty like packed because I don't know how somebody's gonna well, hear it or take yeah, it or what. That's, but, yeah. I think that's another beautiful <clears throat> part about this kind of medium is that, you, you listen to podcasts, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like, I'm sure you listen to it while you're at work or while you're cleaning or while you're driving and it's kind of like you're sitting in on a conversation Yeah, and then when you hear somebody have a good good word or good piece of advice Yeah, you like even though you might not be fully paying attention you kind of stop and you listen and you're like oh wow that's that's really cool because yeah. it sounds like they're talking to you and that's why I right. really really like it it's like they're right in your ears if you're wearing headphones and you're like you're like it's almost like you're talking to them and they're talking to you you know and I think that that aspect of this medium makes it really cool for stories like that because you could relate to somebody on a level that you didn't know you were going to. Yeah. And um I mean it doesn't sound like you share that story too often, but that's that's cool, man. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Thank you, man. Yeah. I mean it gets so far in the past that like at some point like people stop asking about like, right. you know, where'd you go to high school? Yeah. Know, things like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Well man, it's already eight forty. We've been talking for almost an hour, like a couple I think forty five, fifty minutes. So uh, I'm gonna wrap it up there because your wife is probably texting you. So yeah, she's just I told her about the headshots and she's like, "Oh, we don't look good enough for that right now." But uh, <laughs> that's I, funny. If you want, I can check and see where they're at. But I, I mean, if you want to wrap this up, do that. So cool. Well, it's I mean, it's up. Oh, let's just wrap it up. Let's wrap okay. it up. I think cool. we I think we said enough to where it's like people got good information. Okay. People heard about you, and um, that's awesome. And I'll have to have you back on and we'll, we'll unload some more stuff. But. That was great, dude. I really appreciate it. We're still rolling. Like, if you want to shout out your Instagram one more time and anything sure. you, yeah, um, it's just it's just my name, uh, but my nickname Dill D U I L, and then dude. So Dill dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no real meaning to that. I just kind of came up in the spur of the moment with that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Dill dude, that's awesome, man. And then uh, is that your only social media that you use for the most part? Yeah, I just I don't really use anything except Instagram. Yeah. Okay, yeah, awesome, man. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for coming, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for brewing us up some mean cups of Joe. And absolutely, I'm looking forward to more of your content, dude. I'm looking forward to that YouTube page too, that YouTube channel. Appreciate it, man. Got to start that. Thank you. All right, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Bye.